Feel the Ad Love, a podcast produced by Radio Lounge, featuring conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising, voiceover, and podcasting incredible. Radio Lounge takes you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising, marketing, voiceover, training, and podcast platforms, where we explore current trends and topics. And just so you know, Radio Lounge is a destination for audio production services, for broadcast, for film, for on-location audio experiences, and digital media. We also offer podcast training and production and distribution through our new podcast studios, voice coaching, and the production of high-end voice talent demos. Bottom line, every day is a new adventure in sound. Isn't that cool? Drop by for a virtual visit anytime at radioloungeusa.com. There we go. Talking about a virtual visit loaded with a whole bunch of incredible people. We're going to be out of time before we get through the introductions, but I'm going to try to do this quickly, okay? <laughs> Just so you know, okay? I have three amazing people from the Board of Directors for the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences, an organization that is galvanizing the global community of voice actors, first and foremost, but also the content producers, the casting directors, talent agents who create and facilitate the multi-billion dollar industry of which voice acting is a part of. So us is the catalyst for bringing together a disconnected industry into a focused discipline that understands its artistic and monetary value to worldwide media, animation, video games, TV commercials, dubbing films, audiobooks, toys, virtual reality, e-learning. It goes on and on and on. There is a beacon of light, and it's called Sovas, encouraging the pursuit of excellence in what is truly a unique art form and profession. Man, oh man, do we need this organization big time now more than ever. Chairman Rudy Gaskins, Vice President Joan Baker, and uh, board director and multi-award winning voice actor, Debbie Hirata. I, you know, I can, I can go ahead and pull up your bios right now, guys, but frankly, I'd rather just get to the discussion part of our podcast today. So Ray, yes. that was, that was brilliant. Bravo. Yeah, really and that truly. That was really great. I wish I had written all of that stuff. You probably spent a lot of money coming up with the slogans and the and the writings, but you did a good job, guys, okay? Thank you know, you. the most important part is that you're here today and that we're here today. And uh, we're taking uh, taking uh, the Feel the Ad Love uh, podcast and, and focusing for the next several months on a very important event coming up here. It's the Voice Arts Awards, Voice Acting's Biggest Night. This is going to be in person on Sunday, December 19th at the Guggenheim Museum in New York City. Can you imagine, guys, how many people are going to be so excited to be sitting there and soaking all of this great stuff in? I would guarantee that you're going to have a lot of people who just want to be there. They don't care well, if you they know, win. Every, every year it's like that, though, Ray. Every year. But the, the difference is, is that every year when we've done it, we've done it at bigger facilities like Warner Brothers and like Lincoln Center. But this year, due to the pandemic, we decided that it was safe enough to do it in person, but mostly in live stream. So we're going to do live stream and then we have in person and and there's only so many seats in the theater. So although there may be people all over the world coming, it's going to be a limited amount in terms of who can be there as opposed to watching it live stream. Okay. It's still well, going to be phenomenal. Oh, we yes. Know that, don't we? Oh, yes. Uh, 
the Society of uh, Voice Arts and Sciences, how did that come about? Rudy, your turn. Go for it, dude. <laughs> it, it came out of uh, our annual event called That's VoiceOver Career Expo, where we bring together the, uh, the entire array of professionals in the voice acting realm, being the uh, actors themselves, but along with talent agents and casting directors and producers and creators of the work that actors perform on. And uh, it's in doing those seminars, listening to the absolutely stellar professionals that hit that stage and learning about what they've been doing with their careers and hearing the insights they bring to our audience that we recognize, man, who's acknowledging these people for all this extraordinary work? I mean, these are people who have been devoting their entire lives to this work and no one gives them a pat on the back. Sure, the, the paycheck is great, but uh, there's more to life than that, just that paycheck. People like to know that they have been felt, experienced, gotten on some level. And so the Voice Arts Awards uh, was a natural way to acknowledge folks. You also, have a global audience. You attract people from all over the world. Um, and uh, one of the things that we want to talk about in this uh, podcast series over the next several months is you have now included uh, podcasting as part yes. of the awards process. So how did that come about? Any uh, Anybody wants to take us? Go for it. Well, actually, the podcasting started, we included that in the categories from the very start in 2014. It's mm. just only now that we've expanded it to other areas, not just voiceover, but also other areas in show business in the industry. Um, but podcasting to me has always been very important and very important in terms of, of voice arts. And, and there's a lot of podcasts and voiceover that, you know, are reaching people and are teaching people and educating people. And we just wanted to acknowledge that as well. But now we've spread it out so that it just doesn't encompass voiceover, but voice arts, communication, media. And the podcast really does speak to the, uh, this longing that people have in general to express mm -hmm. themselves on any number of levels and many different kinds of topics. And you really begin to see as you as you scan through the different podcasts, the subject matter, how important these things are to everyone. And it's exciting to be in the middle of all of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is indeed an exciting time in our industry. I'm talking about the spoken word industry, which podcasting is part of. I'll ask uh, Debbie, we haven't had a chance to, to talk to you. I'll ask this <laughs> question of you and then we'll we'll ask Joan and, and Rudy as well. Uh, how and when? Debbie, did you discover your passion for what you do? When I started um, early on, I my career began at an NBC affiliate in Spokane, Washington. And I worked with some of, even though it was a small market, there were some of the best announcers on staff. And I started as a writer and promo um, in the promo department and producer. And then I was... Um, I, you know, I guess I was promoted. Yeah, I was to the announcing <laughs> staff. And so I learned so much from them. They were just like really wise old souls who had been around a long time. And in fact, Chet Huntley of Huntley Brinkley newscast of NBC Good. back in the late 60s and 70s began his career there. And there was wow. a, that feeling in that studio. So um, I had no training in it. 
I was thrown in front of the mic and the camera on the announcing staff, didn't know how to breathe <laughs> correctly, didn't know how to um, really do a read or, or any of it. But I fell in love with it once they started to gently bring me into the fold of how, how it's done. And so then my ears and my senses were attuned to other areas where that all happened. And how would one ever get to do that, like do a movie trailer? Yeah. Or um, they were just so, I loved that. I spent hours and hours in a little room about as big the size of this studio here, learning about music and mixing music and doing it. And that's when my inspiration really grew, that I wanted to not only do a professional job on the air, but to grow into these other genres, which I didn't even call them a genre. I mean, yeah. I was only like 20 years old. And, but that's where the passion was founded. Good for you. Obviously, you've manufactured an incredible amount of success. You're also on the board of Society of yeah, Voice It's a joy. Fun. You're having fun, aren't you? Well, yeah. Rudy and Joan are just everything. And yeah. Thank it's you, great. Well, <laughs> Yeah. No, it, this is great. And I'm so glad that we have a chance to talk uh, to all of you together as well. You know, as voice coaches at Radio Lounge, we are contacted daily by folks who come with the line, uh, somebody told me I had a good voice. And <laughs> our reply is, That's really great. But do you know how to use your voice? Hmm? Some people do. Others are just a great voice. And that's right. fine. And everything like that. What Within your organization, I'm sure your members of Society of Voice Arts and Sciences come to you with some of those same questions. Uh, somebody told me I had a great voice. I better do this thing, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you, really, how do you, how do you uh, uh, touch base and what do you tell folks like that? Well, it's a, uh, it's a short question with a, with a long answer. It's, it's always a conversation to help someone understand that there's a difference between having a great voice and being able to perform voice acting and, yeah. and, and any of the genres. But for the most part, when there's time, and the best time is if there's a consultation afoot and someone's actually booking an hour to discuss these matters, is really to just sit down and talk about the ins and outs. There's no way to share it except to explain, this is why having a great voice will not be enough. And if it's a full-on consultation, you have an opportunity to you know, run someone through the paces, actually have them deliver uh, a spot or two and direct them so that they can begin to see where the challenges lie. You know, uh, Rudy, we call that process here at Radio Lounge. I'm, I fly airplanes, uh, and I call that wow. a discovery flight, okay? And we do the exact that. same thing. I, would, I play mm -hmm. devil's advocate. Why the heck do you want to get into this industry that has become commoditized, dumbed down, replaced? And, and, and if they still can take that test and say, you really want to do this? You really, really, really want to do this? Because if you don't really want to do this, nothing's going to happen for you, uh, sadly. So it's, it's, True. it's, but there are those who come back and say, I want to do this. And it's important. And I think that's the kind of a passion you need uh, in anything you do, really. You know, you want to learn to play tennis, want to learn to uh, ski or whatever, you better be prepared to fall a few times and pick yourself up and learn to do it a little bit better each time as well. Um, John, I have a question for you. 
Sure. New, New York, LA, Chicago. It had it used to be that you had to be there in one of these cities. Just so happens that you are in one of those cities. Uh, but our virtual world has caused the world of VO to shrink in terms of um, studios. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, Debbie is in her home studio. It didn't used to be that way. It no. used to be, well, we've got to get you booked into a legitimate studio because nobody has anything. So technology has brought us that way. Um, so uh, give me some advice, Joan, for the folks who don't come from the big city. Well, one, you know, New you can include New York in that because people in New York, we, and I'm in New York, Rudy's in New York. We always had to go to the casting office. And I mean, up until the pandemic. So mm -hmm. people in New York, and I'm using that as the, the prototype didn't have to have home studios. You could go to your talent agent, you go to the advertising agency, you go to the casting house, right? You didn't have to have a home studio. I'm someone that probably by New York standards got a studio early on because I'm a teacher. So I teach people in the booth and with the microphone, but most people that were signed here did not have a recording studio. So my advice is, and I, and I say this to myself as well, because I have to create one in my home. Debbie has one in her home, but I have mine in my office. I actually don't have great acoustics in my house. So I just thought I would kind of wait it out as best I could, but it seems that I'm going to have to do something substantial. Yeah. But my advice is that, is that there are plenty of teachers and courses that you can learn what you need to learn in order to not just build your studio, but to also know the kind of software you need. And Ray, you're also very good at this too, at, well, at advising people what to do and how to create studios. But now it is becoming the norm, no matter where you live, where it wasn't always the case before, especially before the pandemic. So it's actually another branch you have to learn in order to become a full-fledged voiceover artist that once upon a time didn't exist. You could just go to the casting office. You could just go to your talent agent. You didn't have to become a semi-professional engineer as well. Now, people that come from radio, they tend to understand studios. They tend to understand booths. People that live in the promo world or come from the promo world, they tend to also have studios as well. But it was people in commercials, people in animation, people in um, video games. You always went to a recording studio to record all that. But even now, everybody, no matter the genre, and of course, audiobook, but everyone, no matter what the genre, is going to have to create something and something at least semi powerful. Yeah. yeah. So there it, is it, a bit of an investment involved, but there are people in voiceover in the voiceover industry that do teach these things and they are wicked smart about it. Yeah. What, what I advise uh, personally is if you're on Facebook, I think the most powerful Facebook groups are the technical ones in voiceover because there's a lot of quote geeks, tech geeks, and they know the latest things and they love talking about it. So you can actually glean a lot of information by going to Facebook groups and then you can figure out who it is you can approach to help you or guide you into creating a studio. And there's also you, Ray. You're number one, babe. You're number one. <laughs> With a yeah. bullet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't leave out the bullet. <laughs> number one, uh, you're number you know, one, you're Ray. So, 
You're so, thank you, Joe. And you're so right about the fact. And you know what? The good news is technology has come down in in, in price. You don't yeah. have to take out a fifty thousand dollar loan to loan. get a great studio. Right. You, True. You can do it for a lot less than that, and you should because it should be a simplistic audio path, like Debbie, for That's instance. Right. Has a great mic going into a great mic pre into a simplistic a digital audio workstation, and she's got all the bells and whistles. I like that because when we're looking for talent, I don't want to have to get somebody in the booth here uh, at Radio Lounge. I Use your studio. So we encourage <laughs> that as well. Uh, but, but sometimes, he, people, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Ray, but I think a lot of the issue with people and, and they're new to this is they don't know what microphone to get. They don't know what software to use that, you know, once they learn what it, all the components, they don't know what to do. And the best thing to do is test it out for yourself because wherever you're going to build your booth in your home or in your office, that also depends on the sound quality. And, you know, if there's noise over here or noise over there, you know, where you put your booth is also very important and you can only do it in person. And it's best if you can to either work with someone online or to have them personally come to your home and, and, and guide you. If you want the semi-professional broadcast recording sound, not just something you hook up on, in your desk and you yeah. and you stick in a cheap microphone, there's no comp. You're not going to be competitive if you do that. You're going to have to make somewhat of an investment of time, and and money, but somewhat more of an investment of time. We have actually done uh, studio builds remotely using FaceTime uh, with my phone. Oh, really? Okay. Put that panel over here. Okay, now it's not yeah. level. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, exactly. So there are a lot of there are a lot of there are there is no room for compromise. You do it right or don't do it. Do it That's right. right. That's yeah. right. That's exactly. Key. Don't mention these Facebook groups, and it's great to glean some information from them. But the thing I like most about what she pointed to is eventually selecting your guru, who's going to be your right. your key person to get right. you through it all. And then once that's established, you can start to look at other possibilities, which you can then again run by your guru, but right, you'll, you'll, that's have right. more, you'll have a higher IQ for gleaning what's useful among Facebook that's groups. That's right. But again, I'm just recommending groups that talk tech about voiceover. That's what mm -hmm. I'm recommending, not necessarily yeah. voiceover groups, just the ones that talk tech. They're okay. brilliant. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's it's a very good idea. I'll ask this of you, Rudy. If it wasn't VO and creative, what would you be doing today instead of sitting here talking to us? Because <laughs> there's so <laughs> many things. has something in I their lives. That... There's never been a time in my life when I wasn't focused on doing something creative. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So this, this uh, so I can't answer other than creative. And... Um, but it probably other than voice acting or being in the realm of entertainment on this level, it probably would have been architecture. So wow. I, in fact, started in architecture in college my first year because I wanted to be a filmmaker and I didn't think uh, there was any uh, money in filmmaking. I thought of it as an art form. I went to an art school in high school and we learned filmmaking is something fun to do. It didn't click for me that commercials and movies and all these things I watched all the time on television, animation, was part of that genre. So I said to myself as a 17-year-old high school, school student, I'm going to do the smart thing and go for architecture rather than this crazy thing called filmmaking. And it <laughs> took me a year in my first year of architecture to say, wait a minute, there's a school here for filmmaking? 
I could switch <laughs> to that. And, uh, and so I did. The next year, I was in film school and never looked back. There you go. Um, what about you, Joan? What would be different in your life if you did something that wasn't uh, all about what you do today? Ray, I've thought about this over and over, over the years, <laughs> right? And just based on the things that I've studied in my life and, and very passionate about, I boiled it down to this. I would be a spiritual guidance counselor for performers. <laughs> okay, so I'd, sign so me I'd up. Be an <laughs> so I'd be an entrepreneur, right? But I would be yeah. a spiritual guidance for performers. Now, I actually do that now. It just comes <laughs> through the realm of voiceover. So, so if I wasn't doing that, I would still be a spiritual guidance type, but towards not just performers, uh, voiceover, but I mean performers in general. Yeah, we need that. So that That's they really could that. end up, yeah, so they could end up being better performers, freer performers, okay. unrestricted oh. performers, and, and so that they could shine brighter on stage or in front of the microphone or whatever it may be. You're going with that too, Debbie, aren't you? You're saying, yeah, I like that. I well, like you know that what? idea. That's what I resonated with in her and Rudy both when I first met them back in 2013 mm -hmm. and 14. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Joan Baker was or who Rudy, Rudy was. And I was like, when I saw Joan in that gold lame dress, just her energy, her energy. I mean, just her presence was completely, re I just resonated with it. And it was grounding for me. And with Rudy, I remember I saw a shot of him. First time I'd ever seen him, a person working there had taken a quick shot of him in the studio. Same thing, just this intelligence, um, focus, a brilliant mm -hmm. uh, producer. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and they were such an amazing balance. And I was really like, I can't believe I'm here. This was at the first Voice Arts Awards. But yeah. she she resonates that and gives that every day. She's broadcasting it as her own little radio station, the Joan Baker <laughs> Show. <laughs> and anybody cool. that gets in anybody that gets in that resonance is uplifted. And same yeah. with Rudy. So I wow. I want to add something about Debbie. Debbie really stands out in a crowd, not just because of her beauty, her charm, her talents, which is absolutely phenomenal, but there is an aura that really stood yeah. out in the crowd. And I mean, the, in the virtual crowd, because I hadn't met her at that time, but virtually, and I was floored, absolutely floored. I even talked to Rudy about it. This is long before I even talked to Deb or met her. I, talk, I used to talk to Rudy about Deb and how, who is this amazing person? Like just amazing. Her comments, her comments were amazing. But then when I met her at the Voice Arts Awards, I ended up actually meeting her on stage when I handed her award because she won for her category. So I happened to be the one that was the presenter. So I was just beyond thrilled that I was the one that presented her this award to a woman that I just thought was so extraordinary and I hadn't even met her and she hadn't even opened her mouth. 
Bam! I bring. I mean, I'm really getting goosebumps when I'm just bringing all back this all back. Yeah. I mean, my God, Whoa. I know Joan. It was a spectacular, mm. completely unexpected moment. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was. It was, and yeah, and, and I the and perfect online, way to meet. <laughs> and the yeah, perfect. Yeah. Way to meet. something about Deb as well. Let me add something about Deb as well because. <laughs> Uh, she's, she mentioned 2013-14, which is when the Voice Arts Awards first took off. And, uh, and around the time we actually created a nonprofit. And when you create mm -hmm. such a thing, one of the scariest aspects of it is finding a board of directors. Is mm -hmm. You begin to think about who can I bring into this, this small world now who will help build it and, and not create strife. Uh, or not right. allow their ego to get in, in the way of what it yeah. takes. And it really does take something. Take something, yeah. And uh, when Deb was one of those people who was there with so much encouragement and faith, yes. she will have. She has no idea how many times she spoke to me in positive terms at yep. a point when I wasn't feeling so positive and yeah. it made the difference for me on that day yep. to, mm. to keep moving forward. And, That's right. You know, so there's a reason why she's on the board of directors today, is because <laughs> she had that impact uh, in the very early stages. Before we even met her, before wow. we even met her face to face. Well, wow. yeah. So I gotta you say, know, Deb, if, if you're having if you're having a down day, Deb, all you have to do is play this part of the podcast back. Oh my god! And uh, that'll pick you right up again. I'm thinking, huh? <laughs> oh my God! Really and truly, it's been yes. amazing. Mm -hmm. Voice acting—we call it ninety-five-five, ninety-five percent business, five percent voice, because we mm -hmm. do believe here at Radio Lounge that that's what it is. But I'm going to add in the psychological aspect of that. It—it it has to be. And I'll get through sessions with people, and they say, "I feel so good. This is so wonderful. I'm walking up. It's I because you <laughs> help them do something. Yeah." Right. Because right. you help them achieve something that they didn't think they can do. That's an important thing. Let's get mm -hmm. back to the Voice Arts Awards. I, I, I'm going to read this again. It, it, again, it's voice acting's biggest night. Guarantee, if you haven't been there, you're missing the boat here. International yeah. celebration of some of the world's most brilliant media creations, where the voice is the key creative element. Voice actors, podcasters, producers, audiobook narrators, audio description narrators copywriters, audio engineers, casting directors, spoken word artists, and others participate in more than a hundred distinct categories, mm -hmm. not only in English, but in Spanish, Arabic, Portuguese, plus mm -hmm. the outstanding bottle of body of work international category, accepting the, uh, the following languages, Spanish, English, Portuguese, French, German, Italian, Hindi, Mandarin, Arabic, and Japanese. Wow. Award winners, are going to be announced on Sunday, December 19th, 2021 at the Voice Arts Awards, which will be live streamed from the Guggenheim. And you said before that there will be some folks in the audience as well. Yes. Um, so we, we need, it's 200 audience members will be allowed to attend. You're going to pack that. If, matter of fact, if you're not sold out already there, I, <laughs> I, I'd be quite surprised. Uh, and uh, you, 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 frankly, that it's on the 19th of December, buy your ticket now. Buy your airplane ticket. Go get your hotel. Just go there and be that. But but what you what you've done for our industry, people love to win awards. Rudy and Joan and Debbie. Every industry has some kind of award structure. We need 
affirmation because we work day to day in an industry where affirmation doesn't come that easily and quickly. We have to work hard. Describe the emotions of the people that win your awards because this is an important day. Uh, whoever wants to take that, go ahead. Well, I would describe the emotions as through my own eyes because I was full of tears listening to acceptance speeches on the first evening, uh, the inaugural Voice Arts Awards, because that was the one piece I hadn't expected. It was all, you know, doing due diligence. It was all production, planning. Right. And it was, it was not until someone was actually handed an award and family came up. And the amount of time they've spent over many years, that started to come up and the appreciation of specific people in their lives. And that's when we realized, at least I realized, we hit at the heart of something. Oh, okay. Joan, do you yeah, have any, I, anything to add to that? I do. You know, for, for me, it, it's the reason why I actually get up in the morning. Because when you see people's faces, it's like you can see their life change and you can also see their life flash before their eyes. And to be able to witness that over and over and over and over again, it softens your heart. It softens your heart around life, around people, around even things that happen to you, that you get to see people literally melt before your very eyes. I've actually had people from all over the world fall into my arms, you know, not all at once, fall into my arms <laughs> crying, thanking, you know, both me and Rudy for creating this platform, but they're literally crying. And they also know when they go back to their countries, they're going to be getting a lot of attention. And so we also get people sending us all kinds of newspaper clippings of them winning the Voice Arts Awards. Now, we can't read every language that this happens in, but you can tell by the article that it's an extraordinarily proud article for their country or for their area or for their community. That we didn't expect, and that's been ongoing, and it grows and grows every year. So that's what gets me up in the morning, Ray. Beautiful. I'm gonna run, and, I'm gonna end this. This go ahead, Debbie. If you well, have I just want to say, and as to... and as an observer, and I've also had the honor of of mm -hmm. giving people the award too. It it is exactly that, and it emanates so deeply from the founding principles, which it's founded on diversity and mm -hmm. inclusion. It is mm -hmm. the only nonprofit in the entire entertainment industries that mm -hmm. is founded on. That's one of the founding principles. And when you yes. found a uh, found an institution institution on diversity and inclusion, it's a very different one than when mm -hmm. they tack it on later. Yes, yeah. Deb. Yes. Yeah, it's part of the core value, and it's just that's why it's growing at phenomenal rates. Yeah. And then with the sound, mm -hmm. professional, and spiritual insight of Joan and Rudy, there is nothing else like it, and it's a deep honor for me to be a part of it. Well, well said. I love the fact that you uh, said foundation, foundation. You can tag, you can create something and tag that DEI onto anything you want. And just because it's the thing to do right now, right? right. But if you create the foundation, that's like putting rebar in concrete. Okay. Yep. If you don't put rebar in concrete, it right. falls apart, by the way. Just so you know, this is not a DIY show though. Okay. We're not going there, but I got to tell you, 
we're going to continue this conversation. This is going to continue on a monthly basis all the way up to the event, and, and we'll talk a lot more about what's going on. But for all of you doing something so incredible, phenomenal, wonderful for uh, the voice industry, the creative industry. Um, you can go through life doing just about anything and not make a difference, or you can go through right, life and make right. the needle move, right? right? You guys are making the needle move, and that's a wonderful thing. So look forward to talking more about the the Voice Arts Awards coming up on the uh, twenty or the 19th of December, and the podcasting being a category that is a desired yes. entry point for this yes. thing right now. So if you're a podcaster, you better check it out. Society of uh, Voice Arts and Sciences is where you want to go. And uh, to Rudy and to Joan and to Debbie, you guys are incredible. Thanks for being here oh, today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. You're incredible. You too. are a gym. You are a gym, Ray. Thank you, you very much. You are. <laughs> I got my affirmation today. I got my affirmation. That's good. I can go home now, can I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love these people. They're so good. So good for our industry. Just good people to talk to. Don't you feel that too? So a couple of quick things before we go. Remember the Voice Arts Awards coming in December, December 19th at the uh, Guggenheim Museum. It's going to be virtual and it's going to be in person. I'll live in a number of seats, but uh, if you've never been uh, to that or want to experience it live and in person, go get your tickets and go get your hotel and your airplane reservations right now. Go to sovas.org. That's S-O-V-A-S dot org. While you're there, sign up for their free e-newsletter. It is great. That way you can keep in touch with all of the great stuff that they're doing. Thanks for listening to Feel the Ad Love. Visit us at RadioLoungeUSA.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that and you will never miss a new podcast. How about that? Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, come to the lounge and feel the ad love. Copyright 2021. I'm Ray Shillings.